You are listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. And on today's episode of The Bass and the Baseless, Tales of Lost Resonance, I am back. And I have with me people, even, not just a person. So let's start with the tallest of these people. I think I think you're the tallest, Aaron Freeman. I better be. Um, I didn't expect the show to start like that, so it's pretty cool. It's like if a show it's like when it's like if a show suddenly like if a play suddenly started in the lobby, like all of a sudden two people just started singing at each other and they started making their way down the aisle and everyone's like, what's happening? Is it we have to what? What do we do? And every people just frozen waiting to see what to do. Those niggas are singing at each other. What the fuck? So, yeah, I was just riding it out. I'm here. Um, thank you, Bacon. Good afternoon, Bacon. Thank you for having me on the program. It's yes. a pleasure. And now the other Aaron. He's awesome. I'm the other Aaron. The other Aaron. Oh, I'm not as tall. (laughs) Mr. Aaron Bat from the Black. Wait, what's your podcast again? (laughs) Well, that was well. It's the it's Aaron Bat from the Black Astronauts podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being on our program. Excuse the disrespect. The actual Aaron, the original Aaron, um, Aaron Bat. Sir, how are you? (laughs) <laughs> what's I'm, going on y'all i'm so glad i got to do that <laughs> hey. i'm i'm like seriously i'm a big fan of y'all so this is a, a treat and a pleasure which is so. funny because i'm a massive fan of you <laughs> so i'm just like wait aaron is talking to me like not not the aaron i associate with but Mr. Bap is <laughs> the thing is there's no way to differentiate between us without violently disrespecting the other. Like try it. Yeah. Right now there's it no it's impossible. Opposites. It's impossible to do. So you can't be like, well, this Aaron is Aaron, but this other Aaron, this is my nigga Aaron, and then and I'm like, Well what about me? Well, do you know you the tallest Aaron? Well what about me? Well you you the cutest Aaron. I'm like, nigga, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, but I don't care about your feelings. All right. That's fair. fair. That's fair. fine. I mean, I'm happy. Which is, an, which is another thing Aaron's are used to. I'm lucky that I got introduced first. Yeah. I, feel I know. I thought, I thought about going in the other order. Thank but you so much. I, it's been a minute. Um, and then my homie, Justin. You know, I'm the tallest, right? I, yes, I, I was about I was really, Yeah, I was, I was about to say Justin's really fucking tall. <laughs> but I didn't want to. Like Aaron, you're like six five, right? I'm not six three. Okay, yeah, I got you. Okay. Barely, but I got How far are you? Six seven. Oh, nigga, nigga you out here getting rebounds? Let's go! <laughs> Let's go! Yeah, yeah. Oh, in a, pickup, in a pickup game, yeah, against like actual NBA niggas. Nah, I'm like, nah, we ain't. Guard. Listen, here's the deal: those NBA niggas, like, one, like uh, uh, half of a percent of the population are Kryptonians. We ain't talking about those niggas. We're talking about the other ninety nine and a half percent of niggas. You getting rebounds, block yes. shots. Let's go. Put those hands up, get yeah. that verticality up there. Just fucking with people's shots at the rim because you're too damn tall. Let's go. I didn't know you were seven feet tall, nigga. Let's go. 
Yo, remember when verticality was a thing? Like that 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 was the Pacers thing. We have Roy Hibbert verticality. That nigga, that nigga put both arms up be 13 feet in the sky, but he couldn't dribble or shoot and that the league passed him by in a hot two seasons. That sucks. Poor guy. <laughs> he really did. Passed him by in a hot. He was dope for two seasons. He really Damn. was. Damn, is he even in the league? What happened? No, he's not. He's gone. Remember he was giving LeBron fits. LeBron would go to the rim and he would hit verticality like a fucking Street Fighter move. And LeBron, you know, be struggling at the basket for a season series. Man. Roy Hibbert, if you're listening, hit us up. Uh, UN Fridays on Twitter. ANS Freeman on Twitter. Or, yeah. yeah. Please, just let us know you're out there. If you want to be on the show, it's fine. We'll chit-chat. We just want to check in. We just want to check in, Mr. Hibbert. We 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 love we love you. I just want to know you're okay. Please continue. Uh, but speaking of Street Fighter, so someone uncovered an alternate angle from uh, the Street Fighter Three comeback, and it's more of the crowd. Like you get a better crowd shot. Right. And I saw that. I was like, "Yo, is this the greatest moment in video game history?" It's very close. It's it's up there. It is very it's, close. It is definitely, definitely up there. You know what it is also? Is that's the, the that's the first time, like one of the first handful of times video games have been that lit. I think there have actually yes. been times where video games have been that lit, but we expect it now. It's like if like it's like if we took modern NBA basketball and put it in nineteen forty five. And the first time you see like Giannis um attend attendakupo jump from the foul line off two steps from half court and you're like what and that crowd reaction would just be they would be destroyed and confused and that you'll never get that reaction ever again (laughs) (laughs) i will never get that reaction you will never get it again so that initial (laughs) response to seeing something from the future at that time it's just like and we just don't video game i think cool things have happened but we all now expect it like video games are now just like regular old sports on the weekend you know what I think that's right because I watch Sonic Fox and like he's yep. clearly the best. Like he's the best. Right. But I don't think anything can ever capture the magic of the first time I saw that comeback. Right. Oh, it no, was a cr- yeah. yeah. No. Right. No, that comeback was amazing. Right. It was the first real skill thing. Like that takes skill. Could you have to like also, the fact that I can just call it the comeback and everybody listening has some frame of reference to what I'm referring to. That moment, in, it's a Street Fighter tournament where someone has Chun-Li, someone has Ken. Chun-Li's alt pops, and to block it, you have to block each individual hit, and then you have to... The amount of skill involved in blocking that and not getting caught up and then comboing it into your alt to come back and win is just mind-blowing. But I think the degree of difficulty for what Sonic Fox has done is probably higher. But again, it's just like the magic of seeing that for the first time. I don't know, though, because watching Sonic Fox versus Go Goichi in the finals, whoo, when he flipped, did the coin flip and flipped it around, bro, that... Yeah. That, <sighs> oh, yeah, like degree tough. of difficulty, I give it to Sonic Fox. Like, I think what he's yeah. doing is probably more difficult than, like, that moment. It's just something about, like you said, the first... The first time you see a dunk, you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize this is possible. Right. The first time you see a dunk contest, it's like, I can't believe these people are doing this. Yeah. Now we got people dunking over cars and over Kevin Hart, and we're just like, I'm not impressed. <laughs> right. Kevin Hart. That this dude, is true. That dude, jumped over, that dude jumped over a Kia, and everyone was like, meh, mm, I guess the dunk contest is okay. 
was okay. There was a there, there was a person that put it between their legs twice. Right. Yes. Right. So there was a person that bounced two balls off the backboard, caught them both, and then dunked them both, and we're just like, yeah, I guess. Right. So that we're at the point now where we have um a, we have a gentleman who will place top five in five separate game tournaments. Yes. And we're just like, oh, you know, it's got the Sonic's box. You know, good for him. I love that guy. No, and not even just regular games. Sorry. Go ahead, Bacon. I'm sorry. All right. my, one of my favorite Twitter interactions with somebody was just being like, he's only the top in a game. And Sonic Fox is like, uh, nigga, I'm like the top in five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like. Five, five wildly different games. Right. Five wildly different games. Like. Was it? Go. Was it? Uh. Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z Soul Calibur, and Justice Mortal Kombat, and what's the first one? There's one more. Oh, Smash, ain't it? It's yeah, Smash. Smash. No, not, not, it's not Smash. It's something else. I forgot what the fifth game that he plays is. It's uh, Skull, well, it was originally Skullgirls, but I don't think he plays that anymore. Yeah. Uh, shout out Skullgirls. Shout out Danny. We see you. Painwheel. Skullgirls. Painwheel is the best. Wait, y'all know somebody that, like, oh, yeah. wait. Yeah. Wait, is that the is that the lady that was on the show a couple weeks ago? Yep. That, that it is. That, that's oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh. Danny's huh. with me. Yeah, well, I it up to you. I the, played as I played as that character. <laughs> the the best part is is like I had no idea Danny was a voice actress for like the entire first year I was playing games with her. That's right. I had no clue. And then all of a sudden LJ's just like, oh yeah. Danny does Skullgirls. And I'm like, what? I've been, I've been playing with my favorite voice actor for a year and I didn't know. Isn't the world real tiny? <laughs> the but, thing is, I'm pretty, like, I, I had sworn I had told you that before, but I was like, oh, I guess I hadn't told you. <laughs> nope, I'm just like, what? I played the shit out of Skullgirls. It's like one of my top favorites. It's legit one of the only games I've bought three times. It is it as for somebody that is very adverse to fighting games, it has the greatest tutorial for a fighting game I've yes. ever seen. Yo, it does I've ever seen. It does. And it's like, also just it, it hits my nonsense buttons just right. Yes. Like I've found that I do really well in nonsense games. Like it's it's why I I it's why Soul Calibur is my fighting game. Like Soul Calibur Guilty Gear, um, Blast Blue, like those are my fighting games because they're a peak nonsense. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But, I, I, I yeah. think the brilliance of Skullgirls is it is equal parts technical and casual friendly. Yes. yes. You can mash if you want. You can mash to, if a, you want to. To, a, to a certain level. Right. But <laughs> like you, 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 can, can, you can, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you can totally mash your way through it and have fun and get something out of it. Also, if you're looking for that technical challenge, you can totally run through people that are just mashing it. Pretty much. Basically. Uh, um, so, as everybody can tell, I'm back. <laughs> it was a little dicey. Um, thank you, everybody, for not abandoning me. I, no exaggeration, probably almost died i <laughs> had um i'd started um some new medication uh 
for bipolar disorder and I had a massive allergic reaction to it. Like not breathing right, coughing, hives, like all of March is gone. I don't remember March. March doesn't exist. Hmm. <laughs> so like basically I'm starting off March new. Like, hi, hi, new March. How are you? It's called April. <laughs> uh, so that's why there hasn't been a show is because I've just got my voice back and I am not coughing every three seconds. And I'm also not covered head to toe in an eczema rash and hives. Um, and I'm also not, I also now have my impulse control back, which is great. Welcome. So please donate to the show because, oh my God. <laughs> No impulse control bacon fucked up their bank account. Been mm. <laughs> so, there. So what you're saying is you fucked your money up. Now you can't re-up. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like the only reason I have Final Fantasy subscription is because I buy I got it like months out. <laughs> oh, there's a free login event. Shit, I'm writing that out too. Wasn't that? Seven days? Yeah, I'm writing that out. Let's, let's, let's get those free seven days. Right, well, because I always buy my subscription in three to six month increments, like, I still have Final Fantasy, but I'm just like, uh, all my money. And I don't remember, like, I don't, I, it was, the greatest part was, is like, and what, Aaron, you called it, like, Clue? Yes. <laughs> so, Here's what here's what I did, and this is my first time telling LJ and uh, Bap about this because y'all will y'all will find this fascinating. I have like eight different active email accounts, and I my PayPal is linked to one, and I have all of my all of my accounts are specifically linked to different email accounts, like all of my purchasing, all my social media, all of it, totally different. I'm bizarre, um, but. What I ended up doing is I ended up like purchasing something using PayPal, but with a different email and then like deleted that email in and deleted the like receipt emails. Or I would, you know, do the Amazon payment method, but I wasn't buying it on Amazon. I was just using their, you know, like a site was using the Amazon payment services so I'd like buy it through there and then I would use a completely different account that I don't do my purchasing out of. And then I delete the emails saying I bought it. Hey, so it's like I that's deleted a, that just all, sounds like ingenuity. I deleted all records of my spending <laughs> and hid it from myself. So that that's the real mystery. The, the mystery isn't why you have all those email accounts. That's fine. That's normal. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. Car compartmentalization. That's fine. The mystery is why did past bacon delete the records? What was past bacon trying to hide from you? Past bacon was trying to hide impulse buying. I imagine that um that uh bacon would have um tried to cancel some of those purchases if bacon knew where to find where bacon made the purchases. So bacon had to bury them in various places all over the city. <laughs> bacon super buried their purchases. And on top, so like I just kept getting stuff in the mail, and I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> buying this. 
Well, that's fantastic. It was like you were giving yourself gifts every day. No, that's, it, was, it was like two weeks of gifts. I mean, I would like to. Secret weeks of Santa gifts. from the past. I'm just right. saying. I'm just like, what did I buy? <laughs> and there's some stuff where, like, I remembered, like, I remembered buying a Captain Marvel shirt from the Disney store. I don't remember buying the pajama pants. <laughs> so. Yes. Um, uh, Bacon subconscious took advantage of Bacon being completely inebriated under bipolar medication and fucked up everything. (laughs) So uh, I'm back. Much, Much poorer, but I can breathe again. That's good. And I did probably almost die but i didn't you you're alive you don't alive. you're not covered in hives i'm not covered in hives yeah. i can breathe more importantly i can breathe the cat literally woke me up twice in the middle of the night because i wasn't breathing oh wow yeah so when i say That's like terrible. i couldn't breathe like the cat was the cat was distressed the cat is the one who woke me up very alarmed the cat's like human i have a concern please wake ah. up so so what we know about cats is what we know about cats. Did they wake you up because they cared or because they realized they weren't going to get no food that they didn't wake you up? Um, I'm going to say Dynamite cared because Dynamite, mm. like, Dynamite was checking up on me the entire time. Like, like your she, cat, your cat is special. She would, <laughs> it was very clear. She would stop what she was doing because I'd just be sitting on the couch. She would stop what she was doing, come up to me and be like, human, are you okay? <laughs> right, like was gen- the cat was genuinely concerned. The cat was so concerned that the cat stopped asking me for breakfast. Oh, oh, your cat actually cares about you. Yeah, yeah that's right. what I was about to say. Like, right, the the cat, cat not only tried to save my life, the cat like I, Nurse Dynamite did a very <laughs> good job and will get treats forever. Mm. <laughs> this cat will stay spoiled as fuck. Now, yeah. now that I'm feeling better, was she a dick and woke me up the other morning by kneading on my bladder? Yes, but I still love her. Oh, oh, back to normal. Back to normal. But I know that in crucial moments like that, I can count on my cat. So I imagine that in the cat view is like a pseudo x-ray vision, like version of your body. <laughs> so the cat was like, that part isn't moving. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, that part's not moving when you're not breathing. That's not moving. And then you can, I need you to wake up. So there's this part, this full part here. If I press this full part here and then you get up, you go, yes, it works. <laughs> your cat can see all of the, and, and bless her, bless dynamite. But yes, your, your cat has a full 3D view. You're exposed right now. You just, you're stuck with your cat now. No, I love that cat. She saved my life. We're, we're, she's, she's spoiled for life for life so yeah i just wanted to update everybody on uh where i was for all of march and part of april (laughs) so thank you everybody for uh for being there i am very personally happy that you are all right welcome back i know and i've got like all these games now thanks to my xbox husband thank you hey 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 what we talk about in our relationship is what we talk about, okay? We don't need to give this out to the public. Uh, but we're no. going to be talking about some of those games. <laughs> so many good games out. 
like so many. Um, just for the uninitiated, um, uh, Bacon and Aaron Bapp um, share. They are now um, part of their, their Xbox marriage. They're sharing each other's consoles. So the purchases that one makes appears on the other's console. It's a very beautiful union and one of the last true vestiges of love in our, <laughs> in our rotten, racist, bigoted country. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. It's beautiful. And uh, it, it also doesn't hurt that I am addicted to video games. It really doesn't. In, in a like in a in a troubling way at some point. Like I, I looked at my Steam library yesterday and I realized I hadn't played like 45% of the games I have. I just bought them. Oh yeah. Just in case. That's Yo, right. that Steam sale is a trap. It's a trap, bro. I, I actually have every game that I could all those bundles and the Rockstar, I have them all. Like the Steam sales come now and I'm just like, I don't. I don't, I can't get anything. Um, yeah, I'm probably the only one I know who doesn't fall in these traps. Mm. No, I just wait till I, um, am trying out a new medication. Fuck fuck a trap. I go into the motherfucking hole like Laura Croft. I see something in the back. I'm like, I'm like, what? There are sales in this cave? Nigga. (laughs) (laughs) Nigga, give me me these these gloves on. I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna go all in that cave. I played 20% of the games I own. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Let's get it. I see a game for five bucks. It is mine. I buy games on spite. I saw Metal Slug was three bucks. I couldn't get Metal Slug because you remember that shit was like $2,000 back in the day. So fuck it. <laughs> I think that gen- I, for those, we uh, are very similar in a lot of ways. Ah. And uh, sorry about that. And uh, I believe. That is another way we are similar. I could not buy video games as I was a kid. Like I remember having a Super Nintendo for mm. a year straight with one game. Right, nigga. Remember, I don't know if anybody had a Toys R Us near them. This is a shit that I remember. You'd get the ticket. You take the ticket to the front. They give you the game. The ticket said eighty nine ninety nine or ninety nine ninety nine. Nigga, nigga, ninety dollars. Nope. $90, I remember I got Killer Instinct 2. That was $99.99. I didn't, I, mean, I, I, I called my mother randomly within the last two years and thanked her for spending a hundred motherfucking dollars on a video game, just one, and a fighting game for her son who ain't got no brothers and sisters to play it with. I was playing Killer Instinct by myself for a year for a hundred dollars. Thanks, mom. So yes. If I saw that shit for a dollar, I'm buying that fucking shit. You goddamn right I'm buying that motherfucking game. Fuck yeah. Do this. Yes. Anyway. 20% of my games. What up? Fight me. I don't need you. You're fighting yourself. Fight me. You got all that energy. It's just all on you. So speaking of uh, new games, not new games games uh games controversy i I believe we are here today to talk about ea bioware and anthem (sighs) collective sigh everybody i feel like oh boy i feel like anthem left several hundred thousand people at the altar like anthem got people's <laughs> hopes up anthem took people out on trips for a year anthem talked them up anthem had to meet their family anthem paid for their first semester of college all that shit and then left them at the altar because people are emotional they are having a direct one-to-one emotional responses for 
a regular ass game launch. It's <laughs> a regular ass game launch. Game. I don't understand. Okay, honest to God, I really don't understand where half of this drama is coming from. I'm like, this is y'all are doing the most. Yes. Uh, mm. I'm not gonna lie. So I, I'll go on, please, Matt. Well, well, no, I get it. Like, I so this is my thing. For a lot of people, Anthem was there. Like, that was it. Like, you're gonna buy Anthem and you're gonna play Anthem like somebody played Destiny, because that's what they hyped up. Um, but I think people were more hurt because of how good it is, right? Like, it's almost there in so many ways that they just see it and they like, if we can bully them into doing it, which is the gamer way of doing dumb shit, dumb shit like that, um, then, you know, if we stay on them, then it'll happen. But they need to leave these cats alone, man. It's getting crazy out here. Some of the stuff that they're saying to these people. Right. I, I just don't. Well, that's just it. Like, okay. First off. Let, like, I don't even know where to start <laughs> with Anthem. I'm like, okay. Should we talk about how people are in their feelings? Should we talk about how Anthem, like, the hype of the game or should we just talk about how people are just really into some bioware feelings right now mm, see those are two totally different topics and then though. there's the ea feelings okay we're gonna just talk about anthem real quick okay well, see, so, I, I, I think you have to start from the beginning where's mm -hmm. the beginning mass effect andromeda wouldn't that, that technically be a mass effect 3 uh, well you know what mass effect mm, i almost because I we got Biofare, Bioware fans. I'm a, I'm not, see, this is the thing with me. I'm not the biggest in the world Bioware fan. Like, I understand and appreciate what they do. Um, sometimes it's just not for me. Um, but I, I can sit back and appreciate it. Um, like, I just finished the third Mass Effect, um, like, two years ago, right? Um, so it's not a big deal for me. But I, I understand where the storytelling is. And if somebody's into that stuff how they could be lacking in it. But I think it, it kind of is a fault on both ends, but I want you to kind of go into why you think, like why, you know, like Andromeda or Mass Effect 3 is the real thing, like the real issue. Uh, Justin, what were you going to say? No, just if we're talking about Mass Effect, so talking about Mass Effect, right? Mass Effect 1 sort of, I don't want to say sort of people really fell in love with mass effect one in 2005 mass effect one was it then mass effect two dropped and it was introduced to the larger populace it was no longer a cult classic and it was like a legit yo mass effect is that deal it kind of turned off some of the older fans was like oh you changed it now it's just like every other call of duty shooter and then everyone else was like yeah but the combat is really tight and oh, i challenge i challenge or, anyone that 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 I challenge anyone that enjoys Mass Effect 1 or that loves Mass Effect 1, go back and play it now. Mm -hmm. It's god-awful. It's so What's, bad. Okay. What saves Mass Effect 1 is outstanding a, story writing. Yes, because the game is amazing. The gameplay is horrible. It is unplayable in 2019. Oh, oh, listen. I am a huge Mass Effect 1 fan. That game does not age. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I couldn't even play it in the moment. There was only one thing. I don't know if you guys recall, they had this um, mod for a shotgun, like the high intensity shotgun, though you had one super powerful bullet and it would ragdoll and make everything you shot glitch out. 
you'd kill it in one shot and it would ragdoll and i did that for hundreds of hours otherwise i couldn't do anything else so yes yeah it was like it's like and i was the only person who i know who's played the game who actually liked going around to different planets and driving my rv essentially my little uh fucking toy car all around the fucking planet you know something i I love that shit i kind of dug it you know it's weird there was a few planets where you spend half an hour driving find a dot they give you some text and then you're done and for some reason that felt so real to me in the moment i i will never do that shit ever again and don't you ever make me do that shit ever again but in the moment i did it willingly three times Oh. Well, the, the concept <laughs> the concept behind the exploration, I dug it. I think if the controls behind exploration were better, mm. you'd probably feel differently about it. But like the idea behind it of exploring all these planets, you're not always going to find something that enhances your mission, but you're always going to find something that enhances the larger galaxy and the larger lore. Like there's a planet in Mass Effect 1 where you find like a Cerberus lab mm. and right. you see some experiments that they're doing. That gets referenced in two. It doesn't affect anything in two. But if you went there and then you have that knowledge of what Cerberus is, you have some some context of some of the effed up stuff they're doing. Now, when you start two, it's like, oh, this is who you people are. No, fuck you. Right? Like when I when I played Mass Effect, I only had a PS2. So or I only had a PS3, PS2 and PS3. So I couldn't play Mass Effect 1. So when I played Mass Effect 2, they're like, we're with Cerberus. I'm like, who is Cerberus? Like that means nothing to me. Then when they re-released the trilogy on PS3, I went back and played it. I was like, oh, that's who Cerberus is. Yeah, that's why that's supposed to be like a huge reveal for the people that played Mass Effect 1. Yeah, that means nothing to me. But now that I know it, yeah, I hate all of you. Like all of you collectively, except Jacob. Jacob Jacob's is a kind of ancient. Jacob is so ancient. I love it. God, uh, ancient, boring-ass Negro. I love mm-hmm. it. He, but he, he's pretty to look at. I love, I love me some Jacob. For a certain demographic. Jacob. See, I played Jacob totally different. That's weird. Did y'all say that? No, Jacob is Jacob is ain't shit all the time. By the time Mass Effect three rolls around, they go full Maury Povich with him. When you first meet him, he's an all time classic black character because he's not he's not a stereotype in any way, shape, form, or fashion. It's fun, delightful, change of pace. But then by the third one, he's got baby mama drama, <laughs> and he ain't shit so all Jake- around. Jacob is a completely different experience. So I watched my wife play, and her interactions with Jacob were completely different than my interactions with Jacob. That's what I'm saying. I didn't have any real bad reactions with Jacob. Oh, no, like, it's Jacob not bad. Was, it's like, just... Different. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if, if you hook up with him in two, when you get locked up, he doesn't hold you down. And then when you get out, he's like, I mean, what I did was what I did, but what we had was what we had. So I'm saying though, I'm like, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like Jacob with Femtrap is right. It's like, I'm like, can you be like they made him a fuck nigga? Right. He's definitely a fuck nigga. But like you you get that more in Mass Effect 3 than you do in Mass Effect 2. But in Mass Effect 2, there's still like, mm, there's some moments where I'm just like, I don't know. Heavy risk, but the prize. Oh my god! Why? No, sorry, Torians all the way. Um, I will say though that um, Mass Effect Two did uh prepare me for my newfound love interest, uh, alien love interest in uh Captain Marvel. It prepares you for it. 
Oh, I get it. Oh, yeah. wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait. Oh, what? Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I was like, there's, there's no, there's no Turians in Captain. Yeah, oh, wait, not- no, there's. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. <laughs> so I feel more. Mass Effect has definitely made me more accepting with myself of this alien crush I have. Um, since almost all of my long-term Bioware relationships are now with aliens. Okay. Can we just say that Morgan Solis is the same dude that is in Anthem? Like, that's the same voice actor, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was just making sure, because he's clearly just playing Morgan Solis. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It's definitely him. So, yeah. Like... Yeah, so Mass, Mass Effect 2, critical acclaim, everybody loves it, fan base is slightly divided, whatever. Exactly. Then 3 rolls around, gameplay-wise, it sort of just refine and hone the things that really worked well in 2, but narratively, it splits the fan base. And I think yep. this is when the tide starts turning against Bioware. And also, p- part of... I'm. I one of my friends brought this up a long time ago and I haven't I haven't I, I haven't been able to ignore it or put it away and on some levels I do agree with it. Part of one issue I think that people have whether they're willing to admit it or not with the Ma- with the Mass Effect 3 is that it ends. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. the story ends. Book closed. We're yeah done there's no more and um i don't think people and even though from the beginning it was stated that that was how it's going to be um people weren't ready for that right well it it's two things it it ended but also people had fantasy booked what the ending was going to be Exactly. Yeah. And when it di- we see them doing it now with Star Wars and what they're going to do to themselves with Endgame, they fantasy booked how it has to end. And when it doesn't meet what the fantasy booking is, they're going to be disappointed. Yes. Like, sir. like I went into three with no expectations. The only expectation I had was it's going to be a struggle because Reapers. Nothing we we have struggled to. It took all of us combined to kill one, and he was a tiny one. Right. So I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. Um, right, going to the and, Reaper homeworld? Right. And, you know, you, you can say maybe the writers got a little ahead of themselves with, like, making their final, making, like, the final confrontation against these algebraic abominations that, like, realistically you can't beat. All right, cool, whatever. But I enjoyed that story, and I enjoyed the way they went with it, and I enjoyed the, all three of the endings. Whether it, it we can spoil a ten-year-old game, it's yeah. not ten years old; it's seven. You can spoil a five-year-old game, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, if you don't, if you don't know the end of the Mass, Mass Effect Three, yeah. If you don't know the end of the Mass Effect Three, why are you listening to this at this point? Like everybody in the world knows that. Right. Even if you didn't play it, you probably know it at this point. Yeah. Right, I didn't play. Like, I haven't beat it yet. Like, I'm still at the end of Mass Effect 3. I'm at that phase where all you got to do is grind for those materials, and I'm just like, hmm, I don't know if I got this in me. Because the story hasn't compelled me enough to keep going. Like, the re- it's very interesting that you all started from the beginning. See, I didn't come in 
with any of the zeitgeist and the anger because like it literally pissed me off to the point to where I was like, I'm never playing this series again or never playing it. If these is, this is how they're going to act talking about, you know, like the, the people that play the game. I was just like, is this is how they're going to act dog. I'm good. You know, like it, it, the, the fandom like turned me away from it. Um, and luckily after being on a nerd office so long and, Hearing Chris and Rod and y'all, just everybody just talking so highly about it. You know, I doubled back, but that Mass Effect 3 thing turned me off of it completely, though. No, this is this is definitely one of, like, I, I, I believe we've really seen, like, entitled gamers go off, like, in other aspects before. Like, especially, Jesus, with any... World of Warcraft is actually a fantastic example of mm-hmm. gamers. Jesus. Um, but just the years of concessions from Blizzard, like, my God. But um, uh, Mass Effect 3, I definitely put up there as one of, like, the larger, like, instances of just, like, gamer entitlement, like, reaching peak. Like, I kind of put it towards, like, like, the beginning of where we are today. <laughs> yeah, but, it, was really to- it was really toxic, like, to the point to where I'm not that type of guy. And it just totally turned me off. I remember oh, I remember when I had beaten it and I was like, this isn't good. But then I was like, it's cool. It's over. We out here. It's fun. Right. And then I looked a week later and they were like, fans demanding Bioware change the ending. And I was like, they're what? <laughs> Excuse me. Right. Well, that, that's what I mean. That's what I mean is the reaction, the visceral reaction. Like, I don't remember seeing that kind of visceral reaction when it came to a video game before that right like like that really and maybe it was just because again like social media was just like really popping off or what or like again it's just a level of entitlement and ownership i didn't i hadn't seen Mm -hmm. on that level until then so i kind of like like i really feel like mass effect 3 is like kind of one of those like touch points where i was just like whoa Yep, and and in reality, that's when if they hadn't folded, things would probably be a little different. Um, that well, was the be- that was the beginning of them, like everybody folding when it came to this type of stuff. Well, even the way that they folded, their folding was essentially a middle finger to those people. That the new ending was just so be it. Everybody dies. Right. Right. Um. So. I, I, like we said, that, that's sort of when the tide starts turning against Bioware slash EA. People already have feelings about EA. Um, then then it's, it's, well, we, it's Battlefield too. Like we got to yeah. throw that little spicy thing in there too. Battlefield was awful in between there. Um, and what's wait? Did Battlefield come out before Mass Effect Three or after Mass Effect Three? Uh, after, after I mean. Uh, Star Wars Battlefield. Did oh, it come out after Andromeda oh, or before Battle Andromeda? Front. Oh, after Battlefront. After. Yeah, after. Okay. yeah, Battlefront yeah. after. Yeah. Okay. Battlefront was after Andromeda. Okay. Or that was yeah. So people didn't like Battlefront. Battlefront one. People didn't like that. Oh no, people like Battlefront. People like Battlefront one, but there wasn't one. a lot of content. Yeah, it so wasn't was, a lot to do, so right. they got tired. Right. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Yeah, I can but, see that. But to be honest, like, if you play almost all the Star Wars games are really short and have like no content. Yeah, this is very true as well. But again, there's only so much that at that time they were allowed to do because Lucas Arts wouldn't actually let them do stuff. Like, oh, 
Lucas Arts specifically was like, this is how much content, this is how much story you can put in the game. This is what you're allowed to do. This is what you're not allowed to do. So that's why the games were like really lackluster. <laughs> like, and like the story, like the stories were short and didn't have very much, but like the combat was good and the gameplay was good. It was literally because Lucas Arts like put their foot down and was just like, no, you can't for reasons. Uh, ironically, they fixed it up. Battlefront 2 is actually superb. Ruined. Yeah but superb it's the best star wars game in years ruined though it's like on the top 10 charts on like playstation right now yeah it's a a great game i I absolutely adore battlefront 2 it's great yeah so yeah we had mass effect 3 and mass effect 3 just like people never let go of mass effect 3 which is definitely why i'm bringing this up like Mm. never ever Ever. If you say Bioware, people will bring up Mass Effect 3 out of nowhere. Like, when they announced Andromeda, people were angry about Mass Effect 3. When they announced Anthem, people were angry about Mass Effect 3. When they brought up Inquisition, people were mad about it. Mass Effect 3. Even though the, the Inquisition teams and the Mass Effect teams are two entirely different teams and have been since the beginning. They don't even have the same writers. Yeah. So, like, anger. There's some really, like, held out anger I'm going to need some people to go to therapy for over Mass Effect 3 that I just don't understand. Um, And then Andromeda came out. And Andromeda is literally Mass Effect 1. If Mass Effect 1 had the technology, like, that, if they had the technology that they could have um, during that first game. And that, like from from the way the game plays to thematically the game of being a of being a small dot in a new in a new galaxy trying to find your foothold and trying to 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 just make it out there on this new frontier it's mass effect one 100 percent is mass effect one like the fact that you're driving around on fucking planets looking for shit like uh, also, I love that car. <laughs> and whoever did the texture environments to this day, oh, I'm just yeah. like, you need awards because I was freezing. Yep. I'm sitting here in the middle of summer on this fucking ice planet. Right. And I'm like, I am cold. I have, The game is making me cold. Right. Like, there's snow flurries everywhere. Like, whoever did the environments and the textures on those fucking planets, like, for, to this day, like, it's just going to be my number one forever. But Andromeda is definitely, like, also where we have another split, right? So there, there's, the, there's the understandable issues. Part of the issues, you know, the game wasn't what people... The, the game wasn't what people were anticipating based off of, um, uh, like, E3 view, like, videos right and demos like demos that they had seen like the game didn't match that okay totally get that i mean that's a normal thing i i don't have do have we had games in our lifetimes where the games match the demo uh i mean other i mean there there are cases out there but uh, i mean there are still cases of it not matching at all like it's just the industry is so volatile that you just never really know Right. They, you know, like they should know, like 
if you are into a game series that much to where you care about it in that particular way, you should know that, right? Like, it shouldn't be a thing of whether or not you feel like you're getting well, you're being well served. Uh, right. Like, and, and I don't agree with it, but at the same time, like, I understand, but like, the, the demos never match. Like, I just don't, I might be old school. They just, they've never matched, but that was an issue people had. People also had an issue with the combat system not being intuitive. And I partially understand this. Um, the, Andromeda, and we have talked about this earlier on, Andromeda is a game where, like, you have to figure out how you want to play the game. Right. Like, and I don't think people are, especially in, like, shooter RPGs, people aren't used to figuring out how you want to play the game. Mm-hmm. They're, you're used to, I have this gun, I have this ability, I do the thing. Like, this is, like, I, I ha- it's a more linear route, whereas Andromeda, like, you have to find out how you want to play. And finding that way isn't very intuitive. I can totally understand that. It, take, it, it takes a lot to get into. But once you found your sweet spot, yo! Yep. The game just opens up the world of amazing. Mm-hmm. And then there's another part of it where Andromeda does not let you... It, Andromeda does not let you do a white male power fantasy. It just doesn't. Um, and there are some animation issues and there were some technical glitch issues um, happening again. Um, I understand, again, not having a game like at a hun- like being upset at games not ready like at launch. We've done we've been over this for years it does get really tiring that you have to download a massive patch and the game still might not work. Right. This is an industry problem. This isn't even, this isn't even like a studio problem. This is an industry wide problem. Um, but again, mass effect three. So there are some, there are some issues mixed together with mass effect three. And then we also, again, like I was saying, like, the game does not let you the game does not let you be full evil the game does not let you uh enact out a white male power fantasy mm-hmm. and everyone in power is um either female uh whatever gender <laughs> um or just all, everybody in power is mostly not cis het white men Right. Like, or human men. (laughs) Like, that's the thing. Um, So, the controversy, because I bought Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, I bought it day in. I was like, all right. Oh, yeah, no, I did. I like like Mass Effect 2. I was like, okay, well, Mass Effect 2 was all right. I hadn't started Mass Effect 3 yet. I was like, well, Mass Effect 2 was all right. Let me just go ahead and dip in, because I don't care about, like, doing things canonically. I don't get spoiled. Um, so when I did that, I was like, oh, cool. This is a nice little story. I didn't really get into it, but the problem I ran into is what you said, um, is that it is a very rough onboarding, like, cause I've went back to that game. It takes a good 10 hours 
before you really get into the meat of the story. Right. And that's and that's kind of a for me personally as somebody that has a bunch of games, that's an unfair ask. Like to have a story take 10 hours to unfold. Not saying it was bad, because like I said, I'm still playing it from time to time. But like seeing it from another, not talking about the white male dude bros, clearly, but I'm talking about the people that had like legitimate gripes with it. I understand that. But clearly those character models were meant for black people or meant for people of color, which is why when they looked at it and you put any lighter tone that was lighter than any kind of tan, it looks weird. Like think about their, their no, everybody, everybody's nose was wide and kind of, you know, like, it looked ethnic, um, well, and I so think that bothered a lot of people. It did. So the reason why is, and I, I figured Which it is out. Which wrong, by well, the way. Well, oh, no, it was totally wrong. Uh, they, they, I still remember they had tutorials on Reddit on how to make a white person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But what they did, and I thought this was just really, we haven't seen this in a game. So- you know, you have your default characters one through eight, right? Mm-hmm. One through eight is usually just all like some like random Caucasian esque model, like face shape, and then you make changes to it, right? Right. In Andromeda, one through eight was actually separated by race. So the top one was a certain kind of white person. The second one was a certain kind of white person. The third one was a certain kind of Asian. The fourth one was also Asian. The fifth one was um, Latinx. The, like, there are two for each one. That's why the bottom two are black people. Yeah. Like, it's clear. It was, In the st- right. And then from there, you got to choose, like, here are the common facial features between, like, that are common phenotypes for each race. So white people used to having access of one through eight only had one and two and had no, like they could not figure it out because they were used to having one through eight, not one through two. Meanwhile, we're used to having eight, just eight, maybe like, maybe like part, part of eight. So what's happening is EA is like racking up the black eyes at this point publicly. Um, I think back to back to back, they had what, like three or four. I'm, I remember one year EA had like the most horrible year I can imagine a game company having. It was the year Battlefront 2 came out. What else came out that year? Like some other crazy free to play stuff happened that year. And they took it. That's when they took the Battlefront or not Battlefront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Battlefront. Uh, they took that out, uh, took the free to play stuff out before the game even started. So, like, EA has earned a lot of their reputation, you know, like, doing dumb shit. Um, Honestly, but, most of my hatred with EA comes from The Sims. <laughs> yeah, they, well, The Sims is a whole different case. Because I got my issues with them in The Sims, too. So go ahead. They, um, yeah. they also resent that they um, torpedoed Titanfall 2 by releasing a competitive event on two weeks within a week of itself. So they mm. they they put it they put it in front of um, Call of Duty and then also um, next to Battlefield One, which was its own game. And then the under the I remember the the explanation was 
well, people will two people can buy two games, which is not true. People will buy one, and they bought either Call of Duty or Battlefield, and Titanfall Two never quite recovered from that disastrous launch because EA launched it in front of Call of Duty, but next to its own hustle backwards. EA's own Battlefield One upended EA's own Titanfall Two. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, like so. By the time we get to Andromeda, like. Like I'm sorry, were we done talking about Battlefield? I didn't. I mean, no, 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 uh, it's on. Please, no, it's, it's go on, please. Like so, by the time I got to Andromeda, it was. I mean, not Andromeda, but by the time I got to um, Anthem, I was like, okay, EA, everything looks good so far. I even told Dose, um, like, look, I'm in the closed alpha. It feels good. It's running solid. Like the closed alpha has so much stuff that the old, the new, the new game that came out does not have like mastery system was in the alpha does do not have it all this they pulled stuff out of this game to sell it wholesale um in a lot of cases and that leads to bioware like where where do we draw the line with bioware and their fans like i i don't have any problem with bioware i think that the studio has been under great duress for the last couple years they lost the doctors like what five six years ago um, and now they were trying to make a looter shooter with no direction, and you can't do that. But at the same time, you shipped a broken game or a piece of a game, and that's where I really have an issue. Like, because the combat feels amazing, but I really have an issue that they literally there are rooms in An- Anthem that serve no fucking purpose. Excuse my language, serve no purpose that. Like your NPCs go into, but they just pop in there, no purpose. Like at the end of the game, there was a room I hadn't seen. I was like, why is this even here? This game was supposed to be something else. And I told those this a very long time ago. Like it seems like they pulled this game, ripped it apart, and put it back together. So, oh yeah, which is exactly what they did. Right. Right. Uh, That's when I was looking at the game. Remember, I think I told you, Bacon, when it first came out, I was like, Something about this game seems weird. Like the way they tell in the story feels off um, in a way. So. Yeah. Um, the, my biggest reason for. So I, I know that Anthem specifically has been like the direction on it was like in three, in multiple different ways. And part of it was EA's like, you need to make a live game. Part of it was. Um, new brand new team of like a half gutted brand new team from exactly, uh, exactly from Anthem because they had pulled they had pulled like the old team that had done like Mass Effect that worked on Mass Effect but not Andromeda and they pulled those folks and they had them working on Anthem but most of those people had left so it's like half new people and half old heads and And all their studio heads left and all all the studio heads had left all the studio heads are gone so like even like though the people even though there were people who had originally worked on mass effect um were working on anthem it wasn't the studio heads it was like it was like lower than the studio heads, and and it wasn't even the people that implemented the vision to begin with and when i read that uh, jason schreier um, article. They were saying like Anthem was a totally different game. It was an exploration game, which sounds amazing. Give right. me that. 
Right. Well, and there, <laughs> there still are elements of that exploration. Well, yes. It's yeah. not, it's just like, I'm finding something new every day, but there's still, there's a lot, but I also feel like the people who are working on it understood that yep, they under they understood what was happening and tried to build the game the best way that they could in a way to where they could add on to it later. Yep, absolutely. Which is fine for me because I was anticipating it to be like that. I was genuinely from the beginning anticipating Anthem to essentially be again an an MMO with mechs. Right. So I was expecting all of this of just nonsense and patches and um the game that they were trying to the game that they were trying to make was too big for both the studio for the team and for well most of the tech that we have the game was right. it was just going to be too big of a game well, that, that, that was my main takeaway from reading that article. The game they wanted to make sounds extremely interesting, but impossible to make given our current technology. Like, it's just right. like, like what they wanted to do was impossible in 2019 or 2017 when they, when they started development. Right. Um, it just, and it just sounded impossible, but making a game that's Destiny-like where you can continue to add content to, which is, why I keep comparing it to an MMO. Well, and also it is just massively multiplayer and it's cooperative. So, I mean, it does hit all those things. But in the framework of those games where you add on continuously new content, like those rooms will have a purpose. It just, right. it sucks because there's just no purpose right now. So yeah, it is a game where like, you're going to drop a hundred hours into it and then it's going to sit around for a couple months. And, and also, and also, um, to add on to that, like, in your, in, in kind of agreeing with you, like, it, it has the parts, right? Like, it has all the combat there. Like, we, we all go out and, well, not Justin, boo, um, but the rest of us go out. I have hope for Justin. I have, I've, I'm like, oh, I'm about to get it on PS4 just so I can drag Justin in on it because I want. Mm -hmm. I want to fly around with Justin. You don't, I mean, you don't if that, fly, like, if, if that happens, if that happens, then yeah. Like, I don't have an avert. Like, my my aversion to to Anthem is I'm broke, nigga. Like, <laughs> that's my aversion to Anthem. Like, I, when I played the beta, I was like, oh no, this is I'm Iron Man. Like, I'm basically flying around in my Iron Man mini Jaeger, and I have different flavors of Jaeger, and combat feels really smooth. The story is interesting enough, but I really don't care about that. The lore is interesting enough, but I don't care about that. I care about the combat, and the combat is really, really, really good. And when I played with Broly and Killer, I was like, oh, okay, even the co-op elements, like, I feel like as a squad, there's, like, there's elements of we have to work together. We can't just power our way through it. Like, early Destiny, the first mm -hmm. the first couple strikes in Destiny, you, you can really just, like, power your way through them. Then they unleash the Nightfall modifiers. They're like, oh, okay, no, we have to actually communicate and work as a team. I like this. Um, I got that feeling early on in Anthem of we have to actually communicate to get through this. I pulled Dose into a Grandmaster. What do we do? Grandmaster two or three? Uh, bye. Forget bye. Grandmaster. Yeah, if, if it took, yeah, if it took it, two hours, it was, it was Grandmaster three. He he was like, look, 
uh, that was cool and all, um, but I'm never doing that again. <laughs> oh yeah, that was right because Grandmaster did Grandmaster two and three is like an eighty percent jump in difficulty across the boards. Like it's one and two, it's one then two, and they're close together. And then three is on some other shit where a mission that you can do in fifteen minutes suddenly becomes an hour and a half, and there's no way to get around it. Like we were doing the best we could at an hour and a half. <laughs> And I'm talking about comboing everything. Right. Having to combo things three and four that, times. That last boss was straight up 25 minutes of DPS. 25 minutes. <laughs> just shooting that goddamn spider. 25 minutes. I'm like, nah, sir. No, sir. Call me so old-fashioned. I, I really think I think they got something, man. They just... <sighs> EA, man. EA is... EA got to get it together. Because they said... Didn't they say they pulled people off uh, this game to work on FIFA? Because Frostbite is so terrible to yes. work on yes they they need to stop with frostbite please please they need do. to stop with frostbite it is at this point it's got to be costing more money than it's worth right right because they they had these same issues with battlefield where they couldn't get it together until two years later or battlefront i should say now is a great game but it took two years for them to learn those tools, get all those uh, bugs out, fix the code that they already made. It's ridiculous. Right. And then here's another thing, too. Um, Anthem has another thing where, again, you don't get to li- you don't get to live out like your white male power fantasy. You get this to live out. True. You get to live out your I'm in a fucking mech and I get to like hit stuff fantasy. But not you don't. There's no power trip. You you don't get to do anything. As a matter of fact, like the story actually like um, <laughs> comes down pretty heavy on doing that sort of thing. Yeah. No spoilers, but the story does not play with that at all. Um. And also, uh, almost. By the way, talk about facial animations. They're amazing. So yeah, the 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 overall graphics. Like I, like, I have to just talk about how like they animated Faye because my God. Oh my God! Yeah, I love Faye. As, clearly, a black woman with all the mannerisms of a black woman and all the side eye and eye rolls, but also at the same time is a huge, huge nerd. She is a huge nerd. Which also irritates me because they have so many good characters. Like her look, he's great. Um. Even Owen, look. Even <laughs> Owen is okay. <laughs> Owen is a fantastic, fantastic character, and that's what we're gonna say about that. Yeah, I got my issues with Owen. <laughs> you no, but the fact you have your issues with Owen says the characterization is fantastic. Right, absolutely. Right, I just, like I, I blame this solely on the on the uh, feet of EA. Like as much as I want to blame Bioware. Um, and and I honestly, not not present company included, but a lot of Bioware fans are very unrealistic about what they're gonna get. <laughs> you know, like like let's be completely honest. This was never gonna be that type of RPG. You know, like they they had they said at the very end, right after the last E3, they said, um, everybody is it gonna be romance options? And everybody and um, Bioware is like. Do you want romance options? Because they didn't plan on it, right? Like, I feel like they folded to the pressure again of 
kind of not doing what they were going to set out to do. Um, and in the end, it kind of bit them in the ass um, on multiple fronts. Um, and I think EA is a, a drastic part of that as well. Um, but also that the Bioware fans are, that are complaining about story or that story, that's not what this game is. Also, um, the story is really good. It's just, yeah. it's just the story is told a lot in a really, I'm, I'm going to compare it to Dark Souls in this manner where the story isn't in your face. Like you yes. are dropped into the story. Like as you already know what's happening. I mean, you the character, not you the player. But like you are dropped into the story. So you have to find out what, like find out the story from just walking around. The more you talk to people, the more you um, uncover like hidden places, the more you... Um, uh, like the the more you listen in on little stuff like these fucking little radios, like the more you find out the story. Like that's like there's yeah. so much story. There's so much story. You have to read your emails. Like, did you know that the bugs, like the enemies, are actually bugs, like giant bugs in a mech suit? We're not talking about that. <laughs> like, what the? Justin, so what good. are your thoughts on EA and Bioware in general? I know you didn't play Anthem because the brokes, but. So. When it comes to Anthem, right, I, I, I am observing Anthem from the outside and I'm observing all of the discourse around it. And you y'all really touched on it. It seems like people wanted. They wanted Knights of the Old Republic in armor, but they didn't get that. So oh. they were upset. Oh my God, thank you. Another game people won't let die. <laughs> Sorry, I keep forgetting that Bioware did Knights of the Old Republic. Well, so but people love Bioware because Knights of the Old Republic, Jade Empire, which you are never getting it. If you out there listening think you're ever going to get a Jade Empire remaster, you're never getting a Jade Empire remaster. They will never... The the, Bioware wants you to forget that game ever existed. Oh, yeah. Because holy crap, was it racist. Every time I sometimes I'll see someone tweet at Bioware and you can see all the white people wondering what to do. You can hear them scrambling on the other side of the screen. Like, how do we respond? What do we do? Just don't don't say anything. Don't say, close the close the laptop. Craig, close the close it. And that's it. I don't they don't want to talk. They don't want to talk about Jade Empire. And why would you want Jade Empire again? Jade Empire is really racist. It's really racist. Listen to us. If you like it's super it, racist, they'll never remaster it. But the game you like, Jade Empire, right now, look at look at me, whoever's listening, look at me. It's very, 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 very racist. Like the first issue of Black Panther in 1950, racist, very, very racist. I don't even think the voice acting cast is not a single Asian person in that cast. Oh no! There's not a single Asian person involved in the creation of that 200-hour Asian Western RPG, Bioware. None. None. That's. A, I'm gonna leave. I'm, we're just gonna put that on the table. Anything else you can look up on your own. If you like Jet Empire, yeah. it's shot. It's racist. Yeah, it is very racist. As a kid, I was like, "Oh my God, this is like," because it's had the martial arts, and it was like, "Oh yeah." As an adult, I went and played it probably about six years ago mm -mm. when I for whenever the Xbox one first came out because mm -mm. it was backwards compatible 
And I got through like the first 15 minutes and I was like, whew. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep. I think I'm going to go ahead and put this down. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was pretty bad. The game you want, if you're pining for Jade Empire, the game you want is Absolver. Absolutely. Not kidding. Mm, wait, the wait. game you want is Absolver. Do you play Absolver? Oh, they gave it away on PS Plus for free. Bro, yes. I, I dabble. <laughs> I'm, I dabble enough to be dangerous. Well, you know, I have my own school now, so uh, oh, you know. oh, excuse me. Excuse is it crossplay? Is it crossplay? It, it is. I wish uh-huh. it was. It is not. It is not. Bacon. We should play. Uh, we should play uh, Absolver. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, are, you, are, are you a fan of the Haya? Yeah. Oh yeah. If you are a fan of the the high ya and the martial arts, then you should definitely at least oh. take a peek at Absolver. Oh, okay, okay, I'll check it's... it out. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. This will probably be the game I play instead of Sekiro. Oh, it is. It is. It is. It has multiple high yas. Like Ooh. you can be a drunken master high ya, or you can be an MM jujitsu master, or you can mix them Wait, all together. Bro, niggas. Oh yeah. I'm going to throw all the niggas. Oh, and they also have weapons. Like, you just find a sword on the ground. You can use it. So, okay. Armor. Mm -hmm. This is an out there reference, but I think think you'll uh, you'll see where I'm going with it. When I first started, like, tinkering with the fighting styles in Absolver, I'm like, okay, it's Def Jam Fight for New York. I totally get it. You were reading my damn mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought that same. You weren't. You're not alone. I thought that same thing. Um, I can still beat that game in three hours. I don't know if that, if that says more about me or the oh. game, but I can still beat Fight for New York in three hours. Speaking like, of re, speaking of remasters, oh, why haven't why hasn't anybody done that yet? Oh my god, the rights between the ownership of each of the rappers on that game is so convoluted. It's. It's a similar reason to why you're never going to get a true localized Dynasty Warriors Gundam because too many different companies own the rights to too many different Gundams and they can't, in America, they can't work it out, right? So like with Def Jam 5 from New York, you've got all the Def Jam rappers, but then you got Flip and you got Scarface and you got Snoop. So. Okay, that makes sense. I was uh, like, wait, but my Gundam games. Yeah, no, that that's exactly why. Right. Like, and even the Gundam games that come over, they have different, in America, they have different soundtracks. Like, yeah. overseas, they have the original soundtracks, but because Bandai, Viz, and who's the other one? I think actually Sci-Fi owns the rights to Gundam 00. Yes. But because the rights are spread out between so many different companies and they will never agree, you're never going to get the audio. Yep, nope, not getting it. You have to get the you have to get the original game. Which sucks because Gundam Seed has one of the most beautiful soundtracks. Oh my god, it does though. So Justin, I would like to introduce you to a certain game by the name right. of Nier. Nier probably has the best soundtrack I've listened to in the last 10 years. I've been so many people have recommended Nier to me. Should I, I change think- it? Should I shame him, Dose, like I shamed you? Um. Well, he's got kids. You can shame me. I don't shame people with babies. I have a baby. And that's why I don't shame you, nigga. Not fair. Too shit. Yeah. 
we, I do think though, once once I finish my Persona Five playthrough, I think Nier is the next RPG I'm going to tackle. If I don't try to replay Inquisition and do a, it, a fresh it, Inquisition run, it ain't an RPG. Don't think of it as an RPG. It's not. Um, I'm oh. I'm just going to remind you, as your FC leader, that we have expansion coming out in July, and your time is limited. Mm. Oh crap! We, mm, mm, Shadowbringers mm. does drop in July. Shadowbringers drops out the first week of July, and we are so behind. Hey, well, listen, I gotta, I go with my Xbox spouse on this one. I, whatever I mean, we're not that behind. <laughs> I mean, the only thing holding us back is gentrification. Like, that's literally the only <laughs> thing holding us back. <laughs> okay, so gentrification is holding us back, and we still need our relic weapons. And more importantly than that, we need to make sure that we have all the. Not just all the money, we have to make sure that um, all of the currency is maxed out before expansion. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. (laughs) I've been here before. (laughs) I I, I need to listen to my OG. My OG says we're not ready. So so this is what I'll say, though, Justin. And and you, I don't know if you know me in video games. I consider myself a fairly knowledgeable person about video games. And my recommendations mean something because I don't recommend everything. Nier might be one of my top three games of all time. Nier made me cry four times. Different moments in the game. Yeah. I cannot remember the last time a video game made me cry. Now I'm intrigued. The now ending, I'm intrigued. The ending of Nier literally made me cry. Uh, yeah. I can say Nino Kuni 2 made me cry, but Nino Kuni always makes me cry. <laughs> Fair. Wait, in Nino Kuni 2, isn't it? Didn't they, one of the uh, characters, like just pull out a gun and shoot him? Shoot like the other person? Yo, Nino Kuni 2 is so unsus- like unsuspectingly heavy. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, that that game is both child appropriate and extremely heavy. Like it just it hits all of the feels, no matter what age you are, and the writing is superb. Oh, so it's Digimon? They Digimon you? Oh yeah, no, they totally Digimon you. They Digimon the fuck out of you. Mm. I, I, I'm sitting there playing Cybersleuth on my PSP and I'm like, okay, this is a cute little game. I'm really just in it for the monsters. And then at the midway point, they murder a hundred children. And I'm like, oh, right. This is still Digimon. <laughs> like, it, it's not even ambiguous. They flat out murder a hundred children. And I'm like, oh, right. This is still Digimon. And it's the, the, the person writing is the same one that did season three of Digimon. The one with oh! all of the murder. Oh, not season three. Oh basically, no! Where the the back half of season three is basically Evangelion for kids, and I'm like, oh okay, yeah, no, this makes total sense. I'm I still, okay with I, all of this. I still don't. I know anime watchers of a certain generation give four kids crap, rightfully so. I have no idea how Digimon season three snuck past all of their collective radars. I I watched four kids for quite a while. Like, I, even close to into adulthood, like, I was still catching up on stuff. So, I, I'm not mad at that at all. But I'm a big cartoon head anyway, so. yeah. Oh, no, they just fucked up a lot of cartoons. Yeah. Like, uh, shit. 
Wait, you know? Didn't they fuck up Sailor Moon? I don't mm. think they effed up Sailor Moon. It's whoever Fox, Fox owned it. Whoever Fox yeah. was doing their yeah. localization through. Yeah, didn't One Piece. Then One Piece used to be on. Uh, which call it? Don't that that's well, the one that hurt. That's the one that cuts me the deepest. Yeah, yeah like, that's what I thought. Four kids fucked up before One Piece, though. Like, like they Yu-Gi-Oh. fucked up Yu Gi Oh. They screwed up Yu Gi Oh so what? bad. I'll go one. I'll go one even further. Zatch Bell. There we Yo. go. Zatch Bell when it went to Toonami uncut I was like oh that's why everyone loves this show I get yep. it now yep. I totally get it now this show is actually like it's really really good Zatch Bell is amazing yeah I think that just approved my nerd card I can come back <laughs> nah, Z- Zatch Bell is really dope Uh-oh. oh no we lost him he went into the ether Zatch Bell was was too good. I know, Zatch Bell was too good. Zatch Bell kicked Justin off of the thing. I know. I know. We're talking about the goodness. That's what it was. This is what it is. Um, When he comes back, we will transition from Zatch Bell. (laughs) How the hell did we get on Zatch Bell from... (laughs) We went from Anthem to Zatch Bell. I don't even care. That, that's a hell of a stream of conscience, I tell you. Whatever, this was great. I know about Zatch Bell. Zatch Bell, I followed that. I was like, man, I got to figure out what the hell happened. <laughs> Once I found it on Toonami, I was like, I'm in it. I'm all the way in. Yo, can we talk about... There are two undefeated Toonami lineups, right? Like, the lineup of... Wait, am I still here? Did I, did I die? No, you're out? here. No, you did. Okay, cool. Oh, my tab was giving me all the signs that I was about to DC again. The lineup of it was Sailor Moon, Gundam Wing, Dragon Ball Z, Yu Yu Hakusho, oh Rony Kenshin. God. Like that, that lineup was undefeated. My oh life. God, that, that was that might have been the greatest lineup. Oh, the greatest of lineup all ever. Because Yu Yu Hakusho is in my top three animes of all time. Like the dark, well, the it dark, has the greatest uh, opening ever. Well, yeah. Clearly, but the the dark tournament in itself was the greatest, one of the greatest arcs ever. Listen, Karama's my husband forever. <laughs> Yo, this dude tried to blackmail Karama, and Karama said, "You don't understand. <laughs> you're what you call leverage. That's the only reason you're alive. So if anything <laughs> happens to your leverage, I will kill you in the most horrific fashion possible." Didn't think of it that way, did you? He was like, "Oh crap!" And he's so beautiful too. And he a he a fed up all the time. Oh, the or, yeah. the, ori- the original Sasuke, the original oh, Vegeta. Let's keep it a buck. Oh, you right. You right. <laughs> um, what was the second greatest lineup? Oh, wasn't it the, the one with that? Zatch Bell. Wait, what? But wasn't that the one? Else was on with Zatch Bell. The, so so it, was Zatch, was big o. it was Big O. Big. It was Big O. Gundam Seed. Zatch Bell. Um, I oh, want to oh, say yeah. this is when they picked up One Piece as well, but it was like one of their their night lineups. Yes, it, it was the Adult Swim lineup. Yeah, I was I was watching Zatch Bell and Big O because I will always watch Big O to this day. I will watch Big O, and that's when they would have those uh, like one off runs, and that's where I found S. Cryed at the first. Yo, S. Cryed was so. Good. Oh my it was god! So good. Amazing. 
are like I'm dealing with some, dealing with some real nerds here. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. <laughs> this, this nigga was afraid to show me his video game collection, and I'm just like, uh, so no, 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 no. So hmm, I haven't sent you the pictures yet. That that's just my digital collection. Right. This nigga has I, my PS2 PS2 collection. I actually have most consoles. I'm missing the Coleco Vision. Um, and there's a I'm missing the one from Britain. I can't remember the name of it. It's an old personal computer. Yeah. I I miss, just about everything else. I'm missing that one and I'm missing a couple Nintendo specific ones, but I have everything else. Yeah. I'm I have I have an Atari as well with several games, but I mostly collect old PS2 and PS1 games. Mm, nice. Like I just straight up just collect them. Um Okay, so now that you're back, we're going to move from Anthem to accessibility. And see, there was the perfect segue. You were talking about the lore in Dark Souls. I was like, oh, cool, segue. But then right, we segued right. into something else. <laughs> but it was also a perfect segue. <laughs> we, we went into Zatch Bell. <laughs> Which was perfect. Yeah, right. Perfect. So from Zatch Bell into Dark Souls, into Sekiro and accessibility. Um. I have not played Sekiro because I am not actually physically capable of playing Sekiro. So right. I am interested in to in what y'all's opinion are. And I have played Dark Souls. I'm actually a really big Dark Souls fan. So even though I'm about to say the unpopular opinion of I think the games are sh- like poorly designed as fuck, um, I still love them. <laughs> uh, so, mm, so have you played it, Justin? I haven't played Sekiro yet. Uh, okay. I've beaten Demon Souls, and I haven't gone okay. back to the series since Demon Souls. Okay. Like when awesome. everyone started playing Dark Souls, I was like, okay, cool, Dark Souls. I'll probably pick that up. But I think what came out around Dark something came out around the same time as Dark Souls. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. This is fire. I'm getting this. Did you, Ninja Gaiden came out around Dark Souls? And um, nope, that's exactly what it was. And I said, oh yeah. no, I, I I need that stylized violence in my life. Well, yeah, that's you. You either play one or the other. Um, so I played um, Sekiro. Um, I'm halfway through right now. Um, I think that personally, it might be the best game they've ever made. Um, but it's definitely the most. So it's not even challenging to people that played um, Dark Souls games before, um, because they like you go in knowing you're going going to die. Right. And the thing is, um, and me and Fina have talked about this um, a couple of weeks ago on this show. I. It's brutal in a way, but very forgiving. Like, think about this. Any other Dark Soul game, if you die, you just die. Right. In That's- Sekiro, you have an option to, to revive and then run back to your checkpoint and save your XP. <laughs> what? Right, right. <laughs> that that doesn't happen. Okay. But but it is you there You spoiled also- kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is this life? But they also force you to parry. It's the first game where they said, you're not going to beat this game. We see that you've been avoiding parrying for like six, seven years or whatever last games came out. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let you do that. We're going to make you parry. And if you can't parry, you can't beat the game. Um, now, we'll say as far as accessibility, there clearly should be options in there to make it easier um, even if it's down to minutia, as in they don't, the enemies don't give you as much posture damage, which is the damage that you take um, before you kill somebody. Or 
enemies um, don't notice you as quickly. Like it's things to get around it um, that they could do um, that I think the Dark Souls community, because this is the thing, From has never said they won't put them in, right? Well, they e just, even, even the lead director said he's sad because the difficulty turns people off from his games. Exactly, right? So they're, they're, they're making an effort and a design choice to not put these in, I understand, but that's not to say that they couldn't patch these in, right? Like there's nothing design-wise in the game that's doing that. And I think a lot of the Souls people have a very weird connection to the difficulty of the games. Mm -hmm. And that's not the point of the games. Like Souls games are modern day Zelda games. And if they made the difficulty easier, it would not take away and actually will probably bring in more people to find out about the actual fucking story. Um, so the people that are saying that they don't want the accessibility options are full of shit. Like, honestly, they just, they just don't understand or recognize they're being very entitled mm -hmm. and spoiled. And, um, and I think it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You need to have right? them in for a game where they reduced all of you. Because in Dark Souls, you had so many different combat options that you could do whatever you needed to do. And get through the right, game. right. Sekiro, I, you I have think... a sword. Yes, that's it. You have a sword, and because you have such simple gameplay, it's now high execution. It reminds me of the separation between Street Fighter like three from everything else. Where Street Fighter three has less, but it also has more stuff that requires. Like literally, you can play Street Fighter three against someone who can do something you cannot do with your hand and brain. In yes. a way that you cannot. Like fighting games have gone away from that. But it's like there is there are things that require you to do something that you literally might not be able to do as a human, and that's just where you are. And for a third-person exploration game, that is not necessarily the way. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, and to be so like I played I played mo I played most of the Dark Souls games. No, no, I played all of them. Yeah, I played all of them. I had to think about it for a second. Mm -hmm. And I. I wouldn't call them hard. Like, like in terms of, di like, I don't, I never found them difficult, but I did find them frustrating. And I yes. want, and I want to like really separate those things. I didn't find them mentally challenging. I found them on an execution level, sometimes challenging, but mostly I just found them frustrating. And mm. I felt like that was part of the point of the game was the frustration and part of it like the any any of the dark souls games well not dark souls 3 basically like the first like like dark souls 2 dark souls and then the og one they were really buggy yeah like absolutely. like notoriously buggy like dark souls 2 which is actually my favorite out of them mm. there's this spot where like you walk out and there's like this forested path and there's a bush and like a hole in the ground where you, you can like, like do a roll and like go through it or you can take the other path and then there's this dude that might attack you. But if you like, sometimes the clipping, you get caught in the clipping mm -hmm. of that bush and fall through the game. Like, yeah. Like, and that was just shit that would happen. Like, you would get caught in the clipping or um, 
all of a sudden, like they they had the enemies would do attacks that were unblockable, undodgeable, instant kills. Like right, and that would just happen spontaneously. And then when you died, you could lose all your experience. And like honestly, like the die and losing your experience part was probably one of the more challenging things. But like all of these other little things that would happen in the game aren't things that make the game difficult. They make the game frustrating. Right. Nothing, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. There's nothing you can do about it. There's no amount of skill level that's going to get you past that unblockable fucking attack. Like, unblockable, undodgeable, random. It's just, There's nothing that you can do. And if you play online, higher level characters would jump into your game and just murk you. Like, there's just... That's not difficult. That's frustrating. That is... The end is you are going to die. And now... And so people who are like, this is what makes the game hard. That's not what makes the game hard. Some of those boss fights, though, were fucking hard. And there were like three boss fights in general, but those boss fights are only a small part of the game. Yeah. So I I agree totally, especially with the frustrating part. Um, But I'll take it one step further. I, I think a lot of the way they piece out the story um, is frustrating as well. Um, and there's an intention. Uh, uh, it's intentional, right? Like, right. like I, I, I go back to another game, and people that know me you know I'm gonna drop this name probably a lot. But with Near, um, there is a part where it is story-wise supposed to frustrate you to a point to where you want to put down the game. It is a part of the story. It is intentional, and without it, the story doesn't land as well. And I think a lot of that is the same with the story um, in all of the Souls games. But again, that can be done and still have the accessibility option for combat, right? Like, you, just because you walk up to the lady in the window and she doesn't talk to you the first time, the second or third time you talk to her, she says something, that has nothing to do with whether or not you can roll quick enough to get through um, or you can't press the button quick enough to get through something or your hand just isn't able to do it. Right. Right. You know, like those things can be changed. It doesn't change the story or the difficulty that you experience in the story. Right. And so like the, the ambient storytelling is something I've never had an issue with. Like those are the things I've always found really challenging in all of my favorite games. Like, that that is what I consider actual difficulty. Now, when you're actually looking at what the Dark Souls fans bases are saying, that's not the case. Well, they're wrong in a lot of cases. <laughs> well, they they've built their entire personality around beating difficult games, right? right? And they they feel as though if you take that away from them, or if you make the game more accessible to other people who may want to get something else out of the game instead of just overcoming the challenge of the difficulty that it cheapens their experience and that it's a nonsensical point and it's an entitled point um i do hope you know that the going forward they do add more accessible options i don't know what those options would be i do hope that they would you know talk to people from these communities to sort of get their input on how they could make these games more accessible and like the best ways to go about it um speak to steven from able gamers gamers he wrote like there you go he, he wrote like a five-paragraph, uh, five this is what could help. Hey, take the, take the notes. 
<laughs> like it's not uh, hard. But it, it, it's just seeing the community react the way it did. Uh, equal parts disgusting, but not surprising, right? Like right. I, I had largely checked out of it. I, I saw some people say it needs an easement. And I was like, okay, if they do it, they do it. You know, more people playing the game, awesome. I wasn't really that invested. Excuse me, I wasn't really that invested in the discourse. But then I saw just this outrage of, well, if you can't play the hard game, you shouldn't play it. I'm like, yo, what if they can't? Like, what if they're phys- physically unable to play the game? Then what? Right? Like, what would you tell someone that is physically unable to play the game the things that you're saying right now? Right? Like, you, you don't even realize how ableist you're being in, in the defenses that you're making. Exactly. Um, or, they do, or, they, or they do realize it and don't care. Oh, there's also right? that. You know, like I saw a lot of that discourse where they genuinely just they're so attached to this stereotype or this this feeling they have of beating specifically from games, not just hard games in general, but from software games, because the surge came out and was a fantastic game. Neo came out fantastic game. Didn't hear anything about that. Neo had great accessibility options. Like You could change the settings in there. Um, same with the surge, same game, basically, but you don't hear that, right? Um, and and I, I really just don't understand why they do this with from games. Um, it, it just blows my mind. I think because um, I don't think this has been the marketing from the studio itself, but this is the marketing surrounding the games from. Um, not just uh, game reviewers, but a lot of the marketing surrounding the game, and again, not from the studio itself, has been specifically around, this is one of the hardest games you'll ever play. Like, that is, from the inception, like, the Dark Souls games and uh, that studio in particular, those games are known for being, like, super hard. So, like, if you beat it, it's almost kind of like this self-superior, it's kind of like a badge of honor, so that where, you know, people will use this to kind of like be superior against other folks for whatever reason that doesn't fucking make sense. But like that, that's what it is. Like those other games aren't marketed specifically as like the hardest games. Like this will frustrate you to the point where you throw your controller or this game will make you really mad. Can you get through it? And like the games themselves, like they're, they're just frustrating. They're not actually like hard. Like there are some challenging stuff, but like honestly, it's just grindy. Yeah, and a lot, but you it also a lot of games it, it harkens back to it harkens back to a lot of the old school games in which you have to play the game a certain way. You know, most games nowadays you can just run through. It doesn't matter. Um, you die a bunch. And these games actually made you go back to back in the day, like when I was younger, where if you like you have four lives, that's it. And once you don't have those four lives anymore, you got to start the game over. And I think a lot of people appreciated that. But it also brings out the worst in people from what we can tell. Um, and it also brings out a lot of toxicity that just is uncalled for um, overall um, when it comes to these games. So, Justin, what do um, you? I'm just eternally salty because now that they've sort of made from software has made the switch to 
the sole style of game, I'm never going to get my my favorite game series back, which is Armored Core. It's never uh, coming back. Oh hey. no, Armored Core is never coming back. It's always, always never coming back. No, oh. they they've all but said it will never come back. Like they but, they had they had trouble selling Armored Core Five in Japan. It's never coming back. I'm, I'm deeply but, sorry. I'm did so you see the Armored Core games are lit? Well, I mean, some of us listen to Waypoint and are fans of one Austin Walker, who happens to say all the time, why don't they just make a Mech Souls game? And I am 100% on that. They did. It's called Armored Core 4 Answer. Call it Mech Souls and just sell it, reskin it, sell it again. I mean, don't, take my, don't take my dream away, okay, man? I'm trying to. The, I'm trying to the difficulty spike in 4 Answer. Like it's cute, and then you fight the spirit of Motherwell, and the game says go, and you're like, "Where's its weak point?" And they says it has no weak point. Go, and they're like, "Oh, that's what type of game this is." Why? What? I love armored. Oh God, I wanted armored armored core again. Yeah, that makes me so sad. Actually, (laughs) just thinking about it. Oh. No, like armored core four answer is my favorite PS3 game. God, that was such a good game. Like, I, it got to the point where I was actually tweaking the stabilizers to make one side way more. So when I turned, I could get a bit more torque out of the turn. Like, I I was deep in I was deep in it. I was deep. Oh, my God. Like, I knew how much the missiles weighed. And I'm like, okay, I want the missiles on this side. So I got to make sure that this side weighs a little bit more to counterbalance so I don't get too much recoil in my shotgun. Here. Like, I was in it. I, I Googled it. Is it Armored Core for Answer Online 3v3 North America versus Japan? No, that's game. the one. Yes. No, just watch that. Just watch that. I want to I want to hear your reaction mm-hmm. as you watch this fight. And just watch the gulf and just the gulf in talent between North yeah. American players and our brothers overseas. Or brothers and sisters and siblings overseas. Yes. Um <laughs> they're so much better. Not gonna lie, I prefer actually playing with Japanese players, mostly because uh, U.S. players have this idea that there is only one way to play a game. Mm-hmm. They have this like, th- and this is just something across all my MMOs, all my multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. All of my- I-, I keep coming across this where there's one specific way to play a game, one specific strategy. And that is just not the case over there. Nope. That is yeah. uh that is a uh, ruining the division two as we speak, by the way. Mm. Is it is there mm-hmm. there the, the the YouTubers are descending with pretty much everyone recommending the same build to do the same thing in a game where you can have about eight to twelve if you want. But because of this, when you play on a random server, everyone is just doing the same thing. And and frankly, some of these YouTubers are just spreading disinformation. A lot of the Destiny, there's some Destiny guys who started playing the Division who don't know what the fuck they're doing and saying wrong stuff. <laughs> and people are actively playing, doing the wrong, the wrong thing. Like, just doing, like, just not even, like, anything. They're doing no thing. Like, you know what I mean? You can have a build that works one way or another way. They're doing no thing. And, um, yeah, that because of that, we're we, literally it's happening before my eyes. I see a YouTube video that's wrong. Like, it, literally, the information is incorrect. <laughs> and then I go online a day later and everyone's running around with the incorrect thing, getting eviscerated and being confused and quitting servers and getting mad. And 
guys. It's like it's like they said, oh yeah, let's just make DPS builds. Also, can we're we just gonna make a DPS build. Also, we need to have a serious talk about the amount of effort that goes into making mechs that can move like this. Listen, I'm looking yes. at uh, listen. Like I didn't know you could make mechs that move like this or did this do this in this armored game core. Came, this game came out in two thousand and nine. Yeah, two thousand nine. Yes. So this is mid life cycle PS3 moving yep. like this. Like they're moving like Gundam Seed. Right. Like I remember so me and my boy Alex went to FAMU with me. We got this game. We hopped online. We were crushing it in North America. Like we ranked top one hundred or whatever. And then we got matched up. Like the, the North American meta had been built. It was these bulky Optimus Prime style cores focused right. on firepower and tanking. Right. So that's what we that's what we built around. We got matched up against uh, Japanese players where the, the meta over there was more you have a balanced team. One person's the speed, the other person sort of hangs back to do long range you got one sniper maybe you got two speeds and a sniper like it was a varied play style where everyone had a role to play we got unfortunately matched up against three just fast bouncing around all of us we couldn't get a lot it we were dead in 30 seconds right. and that's when i realized what bacon was discussing earlier when they said there's not just one way to play you play the way you're most comfortable with right and you just get Find what you're good at, going back to Mass Effect and Drama, to find what you're good at and specialize in that. Get really good at the thing that you're good at or the thing that you want to get good at. Because eventually, if you're good enough at the thing that you want to get good at, you'll be competitive. Yeah. Um, right. And that that is specifically, like, I, I really strongly dislike um, U.S. players or... And to be honest, some a lot of European players too, because again, this idea that there is one way to do stuff, and there just isn't. There just isn't one build. There just isn't one way of doing things. There isn't just one way of being effective. Even in games where you think like, oh, like I'm going to use Final Fantasy 14 as an example. Like, like yes, there's like you have these abilities, etc. There's not just one way of being effective. If you're not dying, if your party's not dying, y'all are being effective. <laughs> like, but you have to know your abilities. You have to know your cooldowns. You have to know when to do what. You have to, you have, to have that knowledge mm -hmm. and you have to like really find the way that works. Right. And, but uh... that's not how Western players play. They're really hellbent on... There's this one strategy and everybody does it. Well, if everybody does it, there's a really easy counter strategy. I hate to break it to you, but that's there's a counter strategy. You know what fascinates me is also it's creating um the rush to find the meta is creating this displeasure with grinding and grindy games. Like yes. I keep seeing that these videos are about how to get um items and how to how to farm real fast in the division, how to farm real fast in Destiny, and I'm like, guys, the point of the game is to far like I don't like you don't want to figure out your own build and you don't want to grind but yet you're playing this game why are you here why did you show up we're here you're here to grind and sort out how you want to play as you go over the course of a hundred hours at least right um 
am I crazy? Am I? Am I, am I it, wrong? it makes no. But you know what though? What? That's that's the that's the whole. I want to get it quick. Destiny thing, right? Like, like oh, that's been but, happening for years. Right. But if you get it quick, then you complain that there's nothing left. So when they exactly. spread everything right. out, which is what they're doing exactly. right now, they're spreading everything out. They're spreading everything out neatly and quietly. Because if they give everyone a too large of a slice, they're going to gobble it up and complain. So they'd rather have everybody be starved and complained, which is fine. I did like watching those people try to do that with Anthem when the, there, there's just no way to do it. Bruh. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's and literally I'll, no way to. I, I feel bad. Right, for... no, but they're trying so hard, but there's literally no way to do it in Anthem. Yeah, people were trying. They were they they didn't understand how to approach Anthem. Also, I will say that um, you know, I really wish that they had just acknowledged that it's kind of like an MMO light for people with jobs. Like the idea that they were pushing it, that it was being pushed as something to stand next to Destiny and the Division was where they messed up. Because the people who have the most fun with Anthem are the people who are busy, who have yep. eight hours a week, <laughs> and they put their eight hours in and they get a lot out of the game. And oh. as a well, the funny, the funny thing is, is that wasn't Bioware who pushed that. Oh, I know, that's what I'm saying. But it's like that, that if the idea that this was supposed to stand tall when it was short is what is what damaged it the most because it had people, it had a lot of people who were looking for the next thing, looking at it. Right? And if they had just been like, oh no, this is our, this is a fledgling attempt. We're giving it, we're giving it a go. There's not a lot of content. You know, we'll be adding stuff on, but right now this is our launch then it would be different than trying to hold but, it up but they did do that no they didn't they were talking they were de- they were talking about they- that was a thing especially the first few weeks before launch they were talking they had all these videos about what what the anthem end game and loot system looks like when really there's just not a lot there which is fine but then of course don't talk it up like it's something that we're going to be able to do for hundreds of hours we're not you know what i mean just the the, the honesty I guess that whoever whoever pushed that agenda forward undercut the game because the game is superb in the right pocket. The people, like I said, the people with a little less time love the shit out of Anthem, including myself. I've had a great time with people just putting eight hours a week, six hours a week, maybe ten if it's a holiday, the kids are home. Listen, I still can't give the there's like the the no content people much because everybody who's told me there's no content has played for over a hundred hours. And I'm like, but you played for over a hundred hours. Yes. A hundred hours is a good deal. Yes. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You played for a hundred hours, put the game down and come back in a couple months. Right. But a hundred more hours. I don't know what to tell you. Right. And I don't think the game is, con- I don't think the, con- the game is content light. I think no. it's a 200 hour game. And as in its current state, if you want to build, if you want to build towards something, build your javelin towards something, it's 200 hours. That's it. And that's fine. 200 hours, great. And 200 hours, most of us are not going to get, like, we we talk about games as if we all have the time and we don't, no one has the time. Like, people, I've seen, like, people with t- with no time complain about a lack of content in a the game they don't have time to get to the content of in the first place. So what's the problem? You have three kids you are not going to be able to get the 200 hours out that you're complaining about. You want more content for what you haven't gotten through half of it. You see me and you're wondering how I've, how I've, how I have so much, but yeah, you're complaining that the game doesn't have a lot in it, but you haven't seen it. So then what's the problem? People. That's kind of, 
I, I have a, I have a whole separate rant about how people are adopting YouTuber talking points, and they're literally oh and they oh. literally do not and they don't fit. And it your 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 complaint from your seat doesn't fit that the complaint the, the seat of the other the YouTuber. They have a different agenda. They have a different lifestyle. They have different hours, different goals. So when they say a game has not had enough content, that's because they put in sixty five hours in a week. So they can say it. Someone like Glad can say. I'm running out of stuff to do because he played for 80 hours. We watched him do it. Good on you. You cannot then turn around. Me, inventory inventory person Aaron Freeman, cannot turn around and be like, Destiny 2 doesn't have any content. Because I literally have been working for half of those 80 hours, and I'm sleeping for the other half. So I got a hot six hours. I cannot complain. It's not a complaint for me to repeat. <laughs> but so many people do. It fascinates me, and it's a whole other rant. I don't want to get into it. I'm sorry I derailed the program. Please. Please. <laughs> I want to get into it, but I just got into it, Freeman. Hey, listen, hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> hold me back. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. So, yeah. That'll be our next episode how YouTubers are ruining the culture. I mean, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, PewDiePie. Shout ah, out. No. Motherfucker. No. Oh, no. Uh, I, I, oh God. I actually read a really interesting piece in Wired about how YouTube or YouTube in its current incarnation is un like technologically unable to curtail specifically white nationalists from their system because of decisions they made in 2008. Yep. Like it was it was a it was a fascinating read. Send me that. Yeah, I want to see that. Yes. Yeah, put that in the put that in a group chat. Like, ba like basically decisions that they made in its inception have made it impossible to get rid of Nazis from their system. Wow. Okay. Like to to get rid of them, it would it would involve a complete rebuild of their system and a complete rehaul of how they do business. Wow. Like they, they would have to burn down YouTube and then bring it back as something else. I mean, if anyone could do it, Google actually could. Yeah, yeah. I'm about well, I, the problem is there. YouTube's pretty profitable for Google in its current incarnation. There, there's no incentive for them to do that. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, but yeah. but um, I definitely want to have you, Justin, on there again because you're my favorite person to talk about Nazis with. It's a weird thing to say that I never thought I'd ever say, but. <laughs> It, hey. was, it, was, it was a sentence, and we all understand what you mean. Welcome to 2019, anyone, folks. I'd say anyone that knows me personally, that's not a weird sentence. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, Justin is my favorite person to go on rants about Nazis with because it, the knowledge is great. Um, so I'm going to call it because the cat is the cat is being mostly patient. <laughs> mostly patient. She has me out a few times. I'm hoping it gets recorded. <laughs> it was very adorable. But, uh, Justin, where can you be found? I can be found at the Thief Fifth Podcast. You can check us out on Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, uh, wherever you find your podcast, wherever you consume podcasts, you can find us there except for Spotify. Uh, we're not there yet, but we are working on that. Uh, you can check us out at threefifthpodcast.com, T-H-R-E-E-F-I-F-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. 
Or you can check us out on Twitter at the number three fifth podcast. Awesome. And <laughs> Aaron Bat. You can find me Black Astronauts Podcast. Um, and the website is blackastronauts.com. It's down right now for renovation. It will be back up soon. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm actually about to go record right now. Got to go record our Game of Thrones recap. So, oh shit! Oh shit! I, you know, I just appreciate y'all having me on, man. It was a, it was an actual pleasure. Of course. Uh, yeah, have to have you on. Um, I'm not sure if Justin actually got cut off or if he just ended abruptly. Right. And I just ended abruptly. Okay. Oh. I was like, it was, it was so sudden where I was just like, I feel like all the information happened. But I was like, wait, I'm, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> and I guess my co-host, Aaron, give the spiel. Um, you can find me at ANS Freeman on Twitter. You can also find the show at you uh, and Fridays. That's you and Fridays, like United Nation, but not quite. You can also find uh, Bacon at at Baconzilla, B4C0NZILLA. That's B4C0NZILLA. If you'd like to speak to the host of Ad Space, Elise Bacon. Or ADD Space. Oh, or ADD Space. I also take a moment. I, if I had known that you can make mechs move like this in Armored Core, I would have played it. Listen. I didn't know because I played it because I was always hanging around my friends. In the house, and they were in hours pouring over these tanks that moving so slow. And I'm like, I guess, boys. And I roll out every time. If I had known you could do this, this would have <laughs> changed my motherfucking life, my whole so ass on. adolescence. We 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 can stop the recording, but I have to hear your reaction to the first boss battle in this game. You need to look up the spirit oh, of Motherwell. I, I, mm, I know exactly what you're talking about. All right then. So, um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. And uh, two, hot two hours, Bacon. Welcome back. Hey, it's the comeback special. We're keeping all two hours. Oh, yeah, we are. Bye-bye, everybody. Go ahead, stand up, stand up, stand up. Stand up. And here's your weekly reminder that the most delicious name in podcasting is also the most delectable name in the art world. Visit etsy.com slash shop slash lost in pandemonium for the latest prints, posters, bookmarks, notepads, and more from our very own bacon. That's etsy.com slash shop slash Lost in Pandemonium. It reminds me of an ancient African proverb. Help bacon by cake.